Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you will enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. All right, welcome to the GameDev.TV Podcast, Salvatore. So can you let everybody know a little bit who you are, what's your story, short story. We'll get into the whole thing soon, and then we'll go from there. Uh, all right. Uh, well, first of all, hello, Kevin. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is uh, my name is Fabio, and um, I'm here because I'd like to talk about my project that started basically, I don't know, maybe uh, 15 months ago. I started the learning game development from scratch with the courses by Game Dev TV. And um, today I have a legally recognized brand and I'm working on my first commercial uh, project, which will come out on Steam, uh, hopefully at the end of the year. So um, I'm pretty excited for that, I think. But how I'm are you? I'm excited for that too. Oh, I'm doing great. Happy to have you on the podcast, Fabio. And I'm excited about the game you've made. What's the name of it? It's... Uh, the title is LSD. Uh, which, oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> uh, which, of course, it, it's something that uh, is uh, an intended pun on the hallucinogen, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think that the reason why maybe the prologue has has went viral on Steam is probably mostly because of the title. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> because like, people see me. LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I got hooked on that. I was like, wait a minute, what? Went from zero to making a training steam game about LSD. I was like, okay, interesting. And then yeah, so it's um, what's the actual meaning? Lasting spiritual derangement. Okay, Lasting so let's. Spiritual... Yeah. That's amazing. But before we get into all that, I want to know a little bit about how you got started with video games into the game industry. Was it something you always enjoyed when you were younger? Did it start during like high school, college? What was it like? Um. Well, it's a pretty weird story. Uh, basically. About a year ago, I had nothing to do and I had a lot of free time uh, due to the spread of the COVID pandemic, which mm-hmm. um, I think you, you may understand as well as everyone else that really um, changed all of our plans. And it really forced me to have a lot of free time and I just wanted to do something productive with it. So I went on Udemy. I wasn't actually looking for a game development course. Uh, I was just looking for something cool and fun to do. But mm-hmm. I, I saw this course, which was the, um, the, the beginner Unity 2D course. And uh, I started doing it and I really fell in love with it, I might say. And um, yeah, I just never stopped programming and working on my development skills ever since. Of course, it's, it's not been like a long time. So I can say that I'm like a master <laughs> of programming mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I, I just know that I like what I'm doing and hopefully... This this game, which is the first commercial one, uh, I don't know, will be fine. Actually, I I also uh, uploaded on uh, various stores like uh, uh, Play Store and uh, mm-hmm. HIO, which is like the, the main platform for me for indies. A bunch of small 2D uh, projects, and um, after a while, I just thought that maybe it was the the the, the right time to make the step and try to work on something more complex and i came up with the idea for lsd um because it was like a sort of drug for me game development so i thought oh, okay yeah. drug lsd 
<laughs> I love that. It's genius. Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny. So you basically were just, you know, doing your own thing. COVID came along and you were like, let me go make a game. Let me go learn how to do game development. And so you were actually searching for game dev courses, not just programming courses. It was... I, I was I was just looking at the at whatever came up in my in my search tab. I wasn't even looking for specifically programming and not even game development. I just saw that that course had a lot of positive reviews, and I thought I thought okay, I'm just gonna buy it. If I don't like it, I'll just ask a refund. Uh, who cares? But yeah. it, it actually was good. So I, I I actually end up ended up buying more courses, and uh, well, that's how it started basically. I love how in your bar post you put, this may sound like the beginning of a dystopian sci-fi novel, but it's actually <laughs> real. I was like, you're already on. This is genius. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, and then when you took the course, was it challenging at first? Did you feel, like, stuck or confused? I want to get your whole process taking this course, because yeah. a lot of people take this course and maybe it's easy for them, or maybe it takes them, like, three months. Some people, they do it for, like, a couple of years, and they still kind of don't grasp the concept. So yeah. I want to hear your story about it, taking the course. Uh, well, the, the first course, which was the uh, beginner 2D course, mm -hmm. wasn't like that difficult because I feel like one of the main features and one of the main good things about the course is that they really, uh, the, the instructors really take their time to uh, take you by the hand and walk you towards all the different things that you have to, to do to make the game from complete zero. So even starting with downloading Unity, yeah. which... <laughs> like I know how to download a program I don't need like someone to tell me but like, they like tell you go to this specific website click this button so uh, in my opinion the course and if it's not, it's not like uh, well okay let's just say that it, it, <laughs> I don't I don't want it to sound like it's so easy that everyone can do it because it's not actually but if that course it's not working for you I honestly doubt that anything else can because it's really uh, well made in that sense. Um, so to me, it wasn't that hard to get started. The, the problems actually came later because um, I, think, I think that everyone can, can make amateur games. Like everyone can spend a couple of months learning the basic things, even if you don't like know any theory and you can make basic stuff. But then once you once you start making like more complex things, you have to actually study and take the time to read the documentation and read what it is that you are doing, because you're not going to have Rick every step of the way. Uh, You're going to have these funny too. Australian dad jokes to guide exactly. you. <laughs> no, but that's important yeah. because I think there comes a point with any tutorials, any courses where you've been handheld that you don't know how to do it by yourself which is why we have the challenges the challenges help you yeah. take the concepts and say look we could keep showing you how to do it but we kind of yeah. already showed you a little bit go do it yourself and not come back and watch the solution go in the q a go to documentation and start to like interact with everyone and see how you can understand it more but that's that's the big part about it is yeah take go into the documentation understand why you're writing that piece of code what that code does and then the even to go into a bigger picture understand what problem you're solving without the code like, yeah. like draw it out right like what are you actually trying to do 
Because exactly. I think that's where I get, I got lost when I first started doing courses. I was just like, oh, to me, it was more of like a for, formula or something. I was just like, I have to know the right thing. And if not, it won't work. But it's yeah. like, no. But understand. you have to understand what you're writing. Otherwise, yeah. the Otherwise, first time you... it comes up, you'll be like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. That's literally what happened. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to play my game. And I'm like, um, hmm. yeah. I don't know how to do it. Uh, so let me go watch the tutorial again. And then we just copy what he does. And it, it just, it's not the best. So how did you stay away from being handheld? Like, how did you stay away from like, oh, this is how they do it. This is how I'm supposed to do it. Instead of being like, let me experiment and try this way because this might work because of what I've learned from documentation or stuff like that. Well, I think that the most important skill that you can learn, especially at the beginning, is searching on Google the right questions. And Mm, this may sound... This may sound like basic or even stupid, but it is really that simple. If you know what your problem is, then you will be able to ask, especially at the beginning, you will be able to type the right question in Google, and then chances are that somebody else already had that same problem. Now, this this happens at the beginning. Once, once you start going forward, you'll realize that at least that's what happened to me, you'll realize that less people start having your uh, the same problems that you have. So like, for example, you don't know how a for loop works. So you go ahead and write, uh, for loop is broken. How do I fix it? Please help. <laughs> and somebody, <laughs> and, and uh, an answer on, I don't know, Stack Overflow will come up and it'll have like a hundred um, upvotes. And of course it is going to help you. But uh, I'll give you a, a personal example. When I uh, first uh, published a game on the Play Store, uh, I really had trouble with the interface, which is not actually that difficult, honestly, but uh, I encountered some sort of bug that I don't even remember. And I, uh, I was surprised because I went, I, I went on Google and tried to figure out how to fix that, and not many answers showed up. Okay. And this is because not like that many people actually go ahead and publish uh, an app but many people have problems with i don't know for loops and other stuff basic stuff yeah you can find questions about that everywhere yeah but yeah so how what would be your like study session like how did you do the course was it every night for like two hours was it like just every day all day like what was your kind of routine well, my uh, I am actually a law student, uh, which means that I I don't do it at least right now uh, game development as a um, as a professional job. Uh, it, it is also because I all I also I only published free games, and even the Steam game is still a prologue. So of course, I'm not like making all that money off of it. So um, my process is that usually every bit of time uh, of spare time that I have. I try to make the most out of it. So, for example, when I started doing the courses, um, let's say that I have like four hours, three hours in the morning, free for some reason, I will do that. Maybe the next day I don't have the, the same hours in the morning and I have them in the evening, then I'll, I'll do that. And now, um, basically, I just try to find some spare time, uh, which I usually have, and I I try to work on that. So study theory, um, get make games in general and all that stuff are you did you finish the 2d course or are you still doing it right now well i finished the 2d course i finished the 3d course 
I bought, but I didn't finish the multiplayer course, which was really good, but I didn't finish it because I, I was never interested in making a multiplayer game. I just wanted to know how stuff worked in, in that. Mm-hmm. And I also bought the uh, um, RPG intermediate course, uh, the one where you have the low poly character. But, uh, it, it's in have all you the courses. started that one? I started it and I think I finished it or maybe I left. I I still have like a couple of lessons left, uh, I but I think I, course. what? I love the RPG course. And then we have four now. So there's the core combat, there's the inventory, the quest yeah. dialogue, and then now just released the shops and abilities. And so then that I saw it. gives you the structure then to make your own RPG. But I, I was just curious if you played that one and then use that one to make something new maybe or make your own rpg i don't know yeah no the the rpg uh, course was really very important to me and i feel like a lot of the 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 things that i work on uh, i actually learned them from that course maybe because the the beginner course really um, gives you an approach to the interface to to unity as a game engine which is of course very important to to know but then you start like working with most intermediate things in the in the most intermediate courses like the RPG one. Okay. I think. And you might not have the answer to this, but what advice would you give to people who are in a situation where they're super stuck? Like they're just mm-hmm. taking a course that's not clicking, that they're asking questions mm-hmm. and they're getting answers, but it's still they just can't seem to grasp and make their own thing. And it could be a discussion too. Do you think it's because they just aren't yeah. putting the effort into like studying the things they don't understand on their own? Like, because I'm always intrigued on in how some people get it, some people don't, and what's what's like what's yeah. missing in there? Yeah, well, it's it's not actually a, a very easy question. What I no, what yeah, I no. what I say, <laughs> what I want to say is that the the whole aim of this thing, at least for me, is to have fun. So mm-hmm. if you are like stuck. And, and this this sounds like motivational, but it, it's really it's really true, I think, because if you feel stuck and you really don't know what to do and you feel frustrated and all that that bad stuff, then you're really not working on the first objective of game development, which mm-hmm. at least for me was having fun. So maybe just take a step back, just close the computer for a couple of days because especially if you're working with, with the beginner courses, chances are that the problem you're facing is not like that difficult so maybe you can just take a couple of days off and just relax for a little bit and then come back to it and scratch your head like a bit more and eventually you'll be able to solve this so this is my my two cents no i think it's actually great because i think that's another thing too people are are so hammered it's like i have to do it spend a couple hours i need to figure it out i don't know why i'm not getting it let me study more and it's like Maybe take a break. Maybe while you're taking that break, some things will start to click as you watch other things, experience other things. You're like, oh, I get why that works now. And then you go back to it and it's easy and you're full selling. So who knows? But yeah, I think that's just that's an interesting question to ponder upon because I I wonder like what's missing there. I wonder if it's the, the amount of content that's being shown, if it's the teaching style for some people. If it's just the way people wrap their brains around things, and some people, oh, I get it, and some people don't, because I've seen people who don't get it, and then eventually they get it, and then they're doing really good. Some people never get it, and that's always a struggle with me, because I've fit in that boat with like struggling for a while and then getting it. But the people yeah. who don't get it, I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how I can, we can help them, you know, 
understand it more. And I was like, maybe take other courses or the classes. That's usually what I tell yeah. people. I'm like, start to just branch out because maybe this way isn't the best for you. Because even though courses are really well made, I think other people have different ways of teaching that might help. Maybe instead of videos, read a book. Maybe instead of like yeah. doing that, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. But I'm glad it, it, you got it pretty like that because it was perfect time with Corona to be able to just, you know, take the time off to go and do what you want to do, even though maybe it wasn't the best for everyone. Yeah. At least, yeah, you had time, which is cool because you were a law student, right? So did you ever think to make games like during I, ever in your uh, mind? <laughs> uh, I never thought I would make games. Uh, I always liked playing games. And, but the reason why I, it actually clicked and I thought, okay, I'm going to make games and, and it'll, it'll be cool is because I, I actually have an idea, which is that uh, games can be the the main form of art of the 21st century. And I think that games will be in the 21st century what movies have been, for example, in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I, I see a lot of potential in this medium. And uh, especially here in Italy, um, the ga games are um, usually related to stuff for kids. So like it's it's not common for a grown up to play games. It's something that you 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 do while you are a kid, and then you have to um, to not do it anymore. But in reality, I I see uh, games in and as a medium as a way more powerful medium than anyone that came before. Even movies, uh, like the the main difference between um, games, and when I say games, I mean like complex products uh, which. I don't know, like any AAA game, for example, uh, on a on a visual and uh, art level, they are on the same level as many blockbuster movies, but they have something more, which is the interactability that the player has with the the, the product. In movies, even though you uh, you feel like you are that protagonist, you can't actually be the protagonist. While in games, this is something that you can do. Mm -hmm. and, it's why this is my favorite topic of games because it you're 100 percent right i the fact that you are in the person's shoes because before movies you're watching sometimes you can kind of feel what they're feeling but no in games you're literally in their shoes especially if you're playing like you're a first person role playing not them you have to like a character but you're not him <laughs> exactly unless you're playing like an rpg because then you're completely you 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 decide who you are. You're yourself. But yeah, even at the AAA games where you're third person, you're still making the choices for them. They might react in their own way, but you're doing everything. And then also you feel empathy. I think this is a very powerful thing that games can do. Is for yeah. instance, Detroit Become Human. You can make choices, and it could hurt or save people. And you feel that. Like if you invest yourself into a character, and because of your actions they die, you feel yeah. that weight now. And in this safe space. But imagine if you could do this for everyone to like. Have them interact with different choices and and some maybe choices they really like would have made in real life and showed them the consequences it can help people make better choices in real life yeah. so that's why i love when you said that because it's like yeah games are so powerful and also i don't know why it's i don't know the full answer to this but games are also in a multiplayer sense creating a better community like creating a sense of connection with people that I don't think any other mediums ever done because you can literally have a group of friends yeah. from all different parts of the world all connected with like one goal whether it's dropping a Fortnite and winning or playing Call of Duty or the sports game winning. Yeah. all connected in one goal and it's just I've never seen this in my life well I mean it's funny because I'm not saying like I'm old but like 
But when I was younger and I started to interact with the online community, I was like, this is wild to me. And this is when people were saying, those aren't real friends, this isn't real. And I'm like, okay. But no, like, there's something yeah. about games that have changed the way we interact with the world now. And it's interesting seeing crypto and a lot of different things happening with VR and AR and social medias mm-hmm. and companies investing in that. It's like, literally the things that people said don't exist or kind of childish is now becoming the world. It's slowly starting. It's still got a long way to go. But yeah. Soon, like video, I think esports is becoming more popular. Regular sports, G- video games sometimes have better acting than other game, uh, other mediums, and then the storytelling is just oh my gosh, you could do anything yeah. now. And with Unreal Five coming out, you can even make better shows. Like Mandalorian is using is able to do things with the technology that's made from the game industry, and yeah, it's yeah. Just wild to me. So you can then take a scene in a game and make a movie out of that scene by then putting actors yeah. in that area. And then we're just recording it, like, with the background behind it. Like, I've never imagined that in my life, but you can do all this stuff. You, you take, like, a single cutscene of a game and you can make, like, a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is wild to me. So, yeah, it's exciting that this is all happening. That's why I want more people to get into games and to interact with it. And it's not childish. And, in fact, games also do this weird thing, too, where a lot of it is, is like, work in a way. Like, you have to go do the quest. You have to go fetch this. And and so I think, in a way, it also helps people be more... I don't yeah. know if this doesn't work all the time, but I've at least in my experience and some other people I hang out with, it's kind of trained you to work hard for things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure you get instantly gratified, but you'll know that, like, hey, if I work on these skills, yeah. I will be better later on. So maybe I do that in real life. Again, yeah. this is a weird thing because it doesn't translate all the time. You get people who don't do anything in real life and only upgrade their skills in the game. And so, but I think, yeah. I think that kind of aspect of you have to make do the work to see the results changes the way you view the entertainment. Like movies and books, you just kind of read it, you kind of watch it, yeah. you kind of just chill. But games is like you have to work for whatever scene you want. So yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, you, you said so many things that I agree. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> like, I, I could pick like a single thing out of all the ones you said and like talk about it and, and like agree with it, but I don't know. Um, I know yeah. it's, it's it's so passionate. That's why I love games and making games and being part of this community and getting this voice out for everyone. Because I think that um, once once you're talking to someone who's really passionate about the argument, then you can like never run out of things to say because then you also you always have like things to add things that you agree with things that you don't agree with um but one of the things that i want to add on on what you said um you 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 talked about um um like how you have to struggle to get things in video games yeah which is pretty true and i feel like uh, the one of the things that um game developers should start uh, working on as soon as they are uh, past uh, a beginner's level at game developing is really studying the psychology that um it is behind video games even the the basic stuff for example super mario which in italian i can pronounce super mario which because mm-hmm. mario is italian yeah uh, like <laughs> the the basic thing of super mario is that you hit the coin and that that little ting sound plays and that is actually a sort of uh, stimulation for your brain to say okay you picked the coin you made a a good thing and this is like the basis of psychology that can be seen in the most um, simple arcade games 
where you have to uh, struggle to get, for example, past, I don't know, a, past a boss fight. But then once you are done with it, uh, you will find crates and you will get uh, a lot of money and fame and power and power-ups, okay, and all that stuff. But like if if uh, um, if the if the power-ups came before the boss fight, then the game would suck. And yeah. that's that's because there's a lot of psychology. Uh, I actually love um, watching videos by uh, game maker by game maker toolkit. Ooh, I love uh, that channel. He's really he's really good, and I watched the video not too long ago where he talked about I think uh, some of these topics. So yeah, that's he, it. He does a lot of cool game design topics to dive deep into a lot of interesting psychology points. Because that's the thing you have to get the player engaged engaged into what they're doing and then also i read a book called um the player no actually i don't remember the name what was it anyways it was about basically saying that more people in power should be game designers because they are kind of like happiness engineers they've literally engineered a system a game that yeah. will progress you towards different levels that get harder and harder and harder but you continue to keep going and then you get rewarded and you get happy about it and like, then, yeah it's like you're literally designing to have fun for oh, someone sorry, to be sorry. happy. Oh no, you're good. But yeah, so it's. And I'm like, I was thinking oh, about, you can go. Uh, a game which you of course know, which is Hollow Knight. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, in Hollow Knight, the difficulty level is not normal. Like a normal game, and this is at, le at least my experience. Maybe it is because I I'm not like very good at Hollow Knight. But when I was playing it, I I really. Uh, thought about how the, the the difficulty design of that game is not uh, doesn't follow the uh, the the usual difficulty that games should have because the, the aim of games is that they don't have to be too easy because the player will get bored and will just mm, kill every boss and and not have fun but they don't even have to be that difficult because the player gets frustrated and the player asks to himself, wow, am I like this bad? Or it, maybe the game is just uh, frustrating and I don't like playing anymore because uh, the bosses are too difficult to kill. And Hollow Knight, for example, is a, is a really great game, even though the difficulty is a bit over the top, in my opinion, but it is so well made and uh, like so beautiful even to look at that you don't mind spending like an additional half hour just struggling to get that to do to get that boss fight and once mm -hmm. you're done killing the boss a lot of power-ups and all that stuff which of course goes back to what i said earlier mm -hmm. exactly and uh, it's interesting that some of these games like it encourages to go after those challenges and then they like brutally like if you go uh, really punish you like if you do god of war in god of war mode that mm -hmm. game is so hard it, it's because the enemies, if they're about to die, they'll regenerate and then have another health bar and then be a little bit stronger. So it's like it, it basically tells you that you should always focus on one target at a time. And so like it was always cool. I'll have moments where I'll be fighting one and then I notice he was about to heal. So as I'm fighting one, I'll throw the axe at him. So it created cool moments. And then it got to the point where I never got hit because if you did yeah. get hit twice, you pretty much died. So but after hours and hours and hours and hours of brutal, like I just kept playing the game, which is I don't know. Yeah. I guess the game was too good. Like, I wanted to get to the end, and I've already invested so much time. That I was like, I'm just going to keep going. That I, I got really good. So you get to a point where like, it may be too difficult, but if you can stick to it, you get so good that you just – there's a point of game design where it's like, this is the normal flow, but if you 
there's players that want to go beyond this like they get to experience the game in a different way that you might have not experienced if you weren't challenged so like it's it's a complicated game design isn't easy and not everybody's yeah. the same some people don't want that challenge but if you do i think games should reward the players too who want that intense challenge because i also think it truly makes you be that character like once you get good at the game in super hard mode you are that character because you don't die you literally do the moves at the right time and then I think that's what's the rewarding part about it. You're like, I am now God of War. Like, I am unstoppable. I can't be. Yeah, so that too is why I get excited about sometimes hard games because well, and hard story uh, games. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a piece of personal uh, information. Well, a piece of personal experience, I meant, about yeah. um, a, a level design uh, that wasn't that good about a level that I made. And when I had, like, the first playtesters um, try it, they really pointed it out to me. And uh, I, I agreed with them. Uh, basically, I had a level in the in LSD prologue, which is uh, of course the the demo of my game, um, where uh, uh, you have to uh, walk on platforms, and if you fall down, then you will start uh, the level again. But uh, what playtesters and also the first players uh, pointed out to me. Uh, was that it felt like a sort of punishment, but it was a bad punishment because the players didn't really understand why they fell because the game is uh, really surreal and psychedelic. So sometimes platforms just disappear for no reason. And uh, to me, as the developer, it was obvious. It was like, yeah, like that, that platform disappears for no reason. But then the players uh, told me, okay, but I don't know that. So why do you punish me like... Uh, with me spawning at the beginning of the level again. Mm. So that was a, a punishment, but it was a bad punishment. Yeah, so I yeah. fixed it and I just made the player spawn right where they left, like at the nearest checkpoint. And then um, they, they were more happy, they were happier about it. So yeah, that... It's up to decide when and when to do that, because there's a lot of games too where I play and they'll have the checkpoint at the wrong point, and now you fight this insane boss that you didn't know you were going to fight. And, uh, and I was like, okay, and then you die, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, you know, you just start halfway through the boss, because this random boss that popped out out of nowhere had, like, two modes. So you beat him, and you need to beat him again. And and I just kept yeah. losing, because I wasn't ready for I this hate. boss fight. Yeah. And when bosses have, like, uh, multiple forms, and then you kill them, and then they spawn again, and then you kill them again, and then they spawn again. Yeah. And you're like, and when I'm is okay this? With, right? I'm okay with that being the final boss battle, because that's what I want. Like, Kingdom Hearts 2 does this amazingly. You beat the final boss, and he comes back, and you have to beat him again, and then he comes back. There's, like, three or four different phases. And that's cool, because the game builds up to this epic fight. Yeah. And it yes. delivers. But I, this was, like, I'm talking, like, not even, like, a quarter into the game. We're talking, like, 20, like... 15, 20% through the game, and then out of nowhere, it's like, okay, time to fight the boss. And it, I know it's the boss of the main game, and it's, but it's like, we're in a cave. Why is he here? Why am I fighting two forms of this boss? That should be... So that was a moment where I was... I gave up. I didn't play the game. And it's a really good game, and I thought... But I just didn't want... I just didn't have time. I, I lost, yeah. like, a couple times, and I was like, this is and, unfortunate. So that's... And this, yeah. this is what I was talking about before, about the difficulty level of games. If, if games are too easy, then you get bored, mm -hmm. because... You feel like they they are not worth your time, but they if they are too difficult, then you give up on it because you feel frustrated. And I feel that the really geniuses at setting the right uh, level of difficulty are Nint uh, the people at Nintendo, uh, like pick 
every every Pokemon game of the first ones, because when I when I refer to Pokemon games, I refer to uh, the ones that came out earlier than I don't know 2010, because then I stopped playing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like the difficulty level in those games is so uh, good because it's perfect. I don't know how they do it so well. <laughs> it's like it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. It, the system is genius. And it really like, is. I, I need to play them again and just like analyze them as I'm playing them because even if you didn't level up your Pokemon all the time you still somehow could make it to the Elite Four and I think that's the only time when you have a hard time I remember when one of my friends I guess just wanted to avoid all the ch- like challengers made it to Elite Four and had like the weakest Pokemon ever yeah. and I love Pokemon so I was like I got this bro so I, I played the game for like days and then I helped him win but but yeah I, it's like the game I don't know. And then it yeah. rewards, again, doing work. Like, the way I was like, okay, guys, I know you want probably want to fight these trainers. I'm going to go with, like, a train, uh, challenge all the trainers. And so by the time I made it to Elite Four, I had this badass team that just could do anything. Yeah. And then I was unstoppable. So, and, and then I just loved seeing the Pokemon evolve. It was so rewarding. They, they had a perfect system. I don't It's geniuses, the Nintendo people. Yeah, so, I was saying that um, you see people doing... Uh, Nuzlocke's Nuzlocke runs of Pokemon games and uh, setting limits to um, to the power-ups that they are giving in the games. Uh, like, I don't know if you if you are familiar with uh, Pokemon Nuzlocke's. Maybe you are. Uh, um, no. So but uh, basically, it's written N-U-Z-R-L-O-C-K-E. Okay. Uh, I found it. Let me see what it's all about. Wait, just explain explain a little bit for uh, me and for all the listeners yeah, yeah. who don't know. It's really cool, I think. So it's basically because... a set of rules intended to create a higher level of difficulty. So let's see, what are the rules? So it's like any Pokemon I faint is considered dead. Oh. Wait a minute. Oh damn. That's hard so Oh, yeah, but that, I would be so challenging because usually there's always been that like third, I think it's the third, fourth, third or fourth gym leader who's just impossible to beat with that. Like, like I literally would have like all my Pokemon faint, but the last one, red health, <laughs> finally got the right move on and I would win. So you're telling me if yeah. I had six Pokemon and five fainted, I only have one left? Yeah, but um, I, I've never done one of them, but basically they they set their limits to the power-ups that they have, and if a Pokemon faints, like you said, then they can't um, they can't use it anymore. But I was just referring to this to say that th- the game is so good uh, design-wise that people actually get um, good at it, and they get bored with the normal difficulty level, and they make they make up their own ways to play it, which is something yeah. crazy if you think about it. it because like you know, speed runs are also something similar to this but speedrun uh is just mastering a game like if, if you're speedrunning a game uh I, in my opinion you're not really thinking about what you're doing because you get so used to the system then eventually it just becomes second nature and you're so good at it that you 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 finish the game quickly but with things like naslocks uh, people like set their own difficulty, and if a game lets you set uh, your your own difficulty in such a clever way, then it's 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 because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
I love that so much because uh, there's a master class by Will Wright where he basically yeah. talks about how games in a way are are kind of like a tool system. So like you give them a toolbox, right? Here are the toys. You make your own story. You make your own whatever you want to do. Like Sims, there really is no objective to the game. You're just given the tools. You say, hey, I mean, you could start a family. You could do other things. You do whatever you want. And people will spend forever in these games. Some people, I've only, I've seen some people on YouTube only make like cool houses. That's all they use Sims for. They just make different houses and that's it. Some people make this cool story. Some people have this like amazing arc of like this is the family that happens. And they, and it's just it's just wild to me because that's what games are. They're just this cool area where we can go and play and have fun. And and yeah, so if you make a cha- – like maybe do um, Pokemon Challenge where you only use fire types or water types. Or like you can do whatever you want and it makes it way more fun and engaging and people will continue to play instead of a game where it's like you can only do it this way. Yeah. I mean, some of them are a little different. Like, not all games have to be that way. That's another cool thing about games. They could be whatever they want to be. Whatever you want, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think Pokemon's a def- like an example of a very perfectly made game. That's also narr- like, it's a narrative story because you're going on a journey. But also, it's its own. It's like a play box for you to do whatever you want. Like, once you beat mm-hmm. the game, that's another weird thing about Pokemon is even when you beat the game, there's still so much to do. Like, there's, well, there's the... Battle Frontier, I think. You can challenge friends. You can raise new Pokemon. Wow. Well, since you're a, a Pokemon fan, I can tell you that one of my favorite games ever is a game that is, in my opinion, a bit underrated. Uh, it is uh, Pokemon. Uh, I think it's called Mystery Dungeons Explor- Explorers of of um, Sky. Explorers of, of Sky. You're talking. It's, I love those games. This, okay, the gameplay is not that good, actually, in my opinion. But the storytelling, it's it's ma- it's a masterpiece. Like I, it it really it genuinely makes made me cry. A Pokemon game, what? <laughs> Which one was the one that made you cry? Because I know there's a lot of different ones. Uh, it's it's the one that uh, I played it on the Nintendo DS. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, explorers of uh, of something. I don't of know. Sky. Okay, I see that one because I had Pokemon Mission Dungeon Blue Rescue Team. So okay, no, yeah, they had those games were wild to me. I it was also really hard. You're right. Like it was not easy. The combat was was weird. Yeah. But I loved it regardless. And then I also watched the show. But they, they, they didn't this thing last. They only had like one or two episodes. But the game, though, that was genius. I need to, I need to see more of this game because I want to, I want to watch the combat. I for, kind of forgot what it was like. I just know it was not easy, and I died a lot of times fighting legendaries. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that basically the gameplay is a bit different than the original Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in, in my opinion, it's it's still good, but once you have like that level of greatness of gameplay, which is the one you find in the original Pokemon. Like the classic ones, mm-hmm. and once you tweak the gameplay and you radically changed it, change it, then it's not that good in the end, but it's still good. And then, what made you cry? Like, what was the uh, what scene, or was it the whole game itself, like the whole story? No, uh, well, uh, basically, the the thing that is most emotional is that um, you have like this companion. Uh, which is like uh, at the beginning is sort of like uh, an anonymous helper that uh, follows you around like it, it seems like a dumb NPC that follows you around that does stuff with you but yeah. uh, 
why once the game goes on the storytelling is genius because it really involves him in the in the game in the story and then uh, he becomes it becomes like a sort of love story when where you are the protagonist and the companion is the other pokemon that you're falling in love with without even noticing and it's really weird but it's it, of course saying it like this sounds strange but it's really well made um and of course uh, another thing that is great is that um since i played this game when i was 10 or like 11 and then i played it again last year when i was 20 uh it really um it was um, a return to my past and to my to my younghood it's that a real word i don't know <laughs> so it uh, we'll make one we'll make it the word today <laughs> we'll make one um yeah so so it was emotional to me i don't know why <laughs> well no i mean, i i'm actually uh looking at some stuff right now and it's reminded me of some of the moments in the game and i think a, some character would die protecting you and then they even yeah. showed a little picture, 2D picture, and the tears would come down. And I, I remember, I even, I even got emotional now I'm thinking about it. And I was just like, what? Like, did, did, he's, he's, he's dead? Like, I have to, then that would make me angry. And I would have to go fight. Like, I want to fight the boss or something. Something like that. I think, I think I'm kind of getting to what you, remembering yeah. what you were remembering. But yeah, they, ah, oh, man. That's just, that's what makes games great. When they really invest you into the characters and to everything. And then you, so when you go to the end, it means something. Yeah, like for example, uh, the approach that I am having while making uh, my game right now uh, is a bit weird because uh, I, I already told you that the game is called LSD, and basically I just don't want to have a plot. Like that's the whole plot. The whole plot is that there is no plot. So <laughs> <I love laughs> basically, it. it allows me as the game developer to have fun and experiment and do weird things for example there's a level where uh, a portal opens up in your house and then you get like to this open world with uh dragons and you have to fight them and then especially at the beginning uh you you really wonder okay this is cool but why am i doing this and then the npc uh this is something that you don't see in the prologue but i'm working on that for the final game the npcs start making fun of you and they're like, oh, yeah, you're looking for meaning. You think that this will have a meaning? Ah, I, I like that. Because there's a story. There's a story in it. And I, I really worked on the story. So there is a story. But the, the game doesn't want to take itself too seriously. So if you really want to look for the story, you have to find it. Otherwise, you just have fun while you are on an LSD trip. And that's the whole thing. <laughs> That's genius. And I love what you said, too, about um, one of your main concerns was that you didn't want to end up being bored, like making a game, because then it wouldn't be fun to develop. So that's kind of genius. It's like you want to have fun all the time, which might be kind of like intuitive to most people being like, oh, it's, oh, I'm working on a game. My career is in games. It's work. It's like, well, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. If you love it, it should be enjoyable. Yeah. So how did you maintain that is that like the idea of not having a full-on story you just allow yourself this freedom to just do whatever you want uh well as you said i really wanted to be able to put whatever i wanted in the game mm -hmm. so uh, the, the 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 starting point is that i'm making this game for myself i'm not making it for the player so um the plot uh, i'm going to spoil a little bit because i don't care um, hmm. The plot is actually focused around the fact that there's this god 
that um, tells you what to do, well, that controls you and forces you on an infinite, on an infinite loop uh, of an LSD trip. So you go back to places that you've already been to and you're stuck in this loop and you have to kill enemies and you, you really have to find like a sense to all this. Yeah. And, uh, and in the end, uh, you have to face this monster that created the world that you're in. And now let me ask you a question. Who may be the monster that created the world that you're in and that controls what you are able to do in a video game? Who is the... Um, maybe it's myself and I just didn't know it. <laughs> the game developer. Yeah. Because ah, okay. <laughs> Genius. Okay. <laughs> it's like that hand from uh, Super Smash Bros. But it's really yourself, yeah. in a way. <laughs> like, you don't have free will because I am the one deciding what you want, what you are doing here. And if you want to play, you'll play by my rules. Wait, so are you... As the developer, are you the actual enemy of the game? Or is that like spoilers? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No, maybe. <laughs> Never know. Okay, so I want to understand how you even got to this idea. Were you just chilling one day and you're like, this is it. This is the idea. Where did it come from? Uh, well, I actually... Um, I, I, I'll, I'll answer the question with uh, like a, a bit broader answer. Um, I think that once... You hear me, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Once, uh, once game developers uh, want to make that uh, step from amateur to uh, making a, a commercial game, I think that the most important thing, important, the most important thing to do, is uh, study marketing and really try to understand um, how the game will be received and if anyone is going to play it, because. Every, every year on, on Steam, like, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, 10,000 games get released, like 60 games per day, maybe something less. But chances are that if you are a solo de developer like me, uh, you don't have that many fans following you. So you have to come up with an idea that is that is really original and that will get the the player's attention in like one second. And this is what... Um, um, influenced me to to come up with the idea for LSD because I thought, okay, LSD is a, a title that it is at least interesting and it makes you click. Then I I also worked a lot on um, like um, the main screenshots, the um, the description of the game because otherwise your game will get lost on Steam. And you will just, um, I don't know, uh, lose a hundred bucks, which is the, the fee that you have to pay to to put a game on Steam. So that's the main reason why. Uh, well, one of the main reasons. Then the other reason uh, was, as I as I've said already, that I really wanted to experiment and not feel myself uh, constricted to follow a certain story, or I just want to have the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And I just thought, okay, I'm just going to make an LSD trip and. Uh, what happens happens. I just watched the trailer too as you were explaining it, and that is it's the most looks like first of all it looks incredible. Let's just start with that. It looks like you did an amazing job, man. And then second of all, it just so much stuff is happening at once. Like it feels like five games in one. And I love it. You're like fighting the dragon, and then you're you got like an og, and you're walking up to like a mansion, and there's this like dragon monster, like little small one in front of you, and then there's this giant like gorilla thing, and I was like. What is happening? And like, I want to play it. I want to know more. I want to find out like what's going on as well. And that's the objective of the trailer. <laughs> so, 
Oh, Thank I like you. this. This is some screenshots. Why did you enter my home? That's cool. This is also cool. Yeah. So first of all, how did you did you did you buy assets? Did you make all these assets? This is just yourself, right? Oh. Uh, it's just it's just myself. Uh, I didn't buy. Um, well, of course, I didn't make all the assets by myself because it would be crazy. Yeah, uh, I, I think that there's still a bit of stigma uh, in the game development. I don't know, community around um, uh, assets, because it is true that if you use assets, they're technically not yours in the in the sense that anyone can use them. But if you are uh, an indie developer and especially a solo developer like me and you want to make an open world game, how how can you do that without like losing 200 years modeling? No, I agree. And uh, to me, it, it just makes sense. So I, I use assets um, and uh, I, I'm buying actually now a couple of assets because I see that the wish lists are growing, so maybe I, I I will be able to make a sort of little investment, and hopefully it will um, it will return to me. Um, yeah, so it's myself and um, a friend of mine who who is who is only working on the music though. Ooh, I can't. All right, that's awesome because music so, is really important too. If you can capture the yeah. right moments with music, and you're you're set. So yeah, you're off to the races. This is gonna be great. I'm excited yeah, to for. Me, to me, it's way more important having a good composer than having a second programmer or even an artist because uh, the music is really what gives um, that atmosphere to the game. And if the, if the music is bad, the game is going to be, be, be bad. That's it. I agree 100%. And, and so when starting out, did you, how did you plan it out? Did you know what you were, did it, what you thought about at the beginning? Is it what you have now or did it change? Okay. Um, well, I'll give you, I'll start, I'll start with the bad things first. Let's do that. Uh, uh, the, um, the bad thing that I really should have thought more in, at the beginning is that, um, you, you really should try to have a more cohesive game design, uh, schedule. So mm -hmm. you really have to start at the beginning knowing more or less what the game is going to be in, in detail. And this is something that uh, on purpose I didn't do because I, I thought, okay, uh, the, the, whole the whole purpose of this is to not make sense. So I won't bother uh, thinking too much about like later sequences of the game. So for example, I really thought about the first level, which is the one with the dragons, uh, which is not perfect still. I think there are a bit things that can be improved, but I had a general idea of it. But um, later, I found myself in a state where I had so many ideas and I really got lost in all of them. And uh, I, just, I just think that if you have like a schedule at the beginning, things will come easily at, uh, later. Uh, so this is definitely a, a bad thing and uh, I suggestion, a suggestion that I make for other developers. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll just let you talk a bit so I think about other things. Heard <laughs> that. Okay, so yeah, so this game was a product of basically the 10 games you worked on before. Yeah. Um, did you think you needed the 10 games to like be confident Definitely. enough to make your own game? Yeah. Definitely. Without, the, without those first 10 games, there, would have, there wouldn't have been anything 
uh, like this uh, because like for so many reasons first of all the the programming part you you really have to uh, write clean code and i'll admit that i'm not like the the cleanest coder out there but um i try to keep the code clean and like at least not make me angry while i try to understand my own code so that's like the first objective um on on the other hand if if your first game is a, a commercial game chances are that either you're not going to make it or the code is going to be so bad because you will get eventually better at, at programming that you will have to write the whole code again. So Ooh, yeah. the first 10 games were definitely essential to me. And uh, I, a suggestion that I make to all game developers is to start with small games, like games that you can make in a couple of days, may, then go on and make one in a week, then go on and make one in a month and then go on from there. Don't start with a, a commercial game. You made so many great games. <laughs> so, for like, you... A lot of these games are kind of your own. None of them are, like, the... unit. I mean, the game dev courses. Maybe Blackjack Shooter kind of reminds me of Space Invaders. But the rest of them just seem like... Yeah, your own... Your space own twist. Shooter. The yeah. uh, Blackjack Shooter is actually the, the same space shooter with the same mechanics that are in the in the 2D course mm -hmm. but it has blackjack cards <laughs> so that like that's hilarious yeah <laughs> that's my little twist <laughs> so basically what i've gathered from all of this is that to really to really maybe maybe for it to come easy but for it to really like become second nature you have to have fun for instance like if it's not having fun or, or it's just not clicking maybe it isn't for you and i think this is something that most people yeah try to fight they're like oh no like i want to do this it's like yeah. look game development is a thousand things it doesn't like maybe you're not a programmer maybe you're not an artist maybe you don't have to be the person making the game but maybe you could support the game and you can talk about the game you could be the marketing yeah. person the community like there's a lot of ways to get into the game industry but don't like don't try to become something you're like you're maybe not good at try to find what you're good at in the game industry and yeah. then focus on that because I think yeah. that's another thing. People just think they have to be good. If they're not, then either I have to spend 10 years to learn it. And you can. I'm not saying don't do that, too. I'm just saying maybe it's be self-aware about the situation you're maybe. at. Because for you, it seems like you. It just clicks good. for you. Yeah. What are you saying? Yeah, it's something that clicks. You're, you're completely right about that. Um, I uh, Something that I also agree with what you said is that in the game industry, there are so many things that you can do. Why would you uh, get stuck programming or modeling maybe you can work with the music you can become a composer you can become a writer you can deal with the storytelling which is an essential part in video games you can even go and study psychology and just and and then oh, yeah. work with triple uh, a games that look that need um psychologists to, to understand what gets the player engaged like will Wright, uh, who's who is someone that you you mentioned earlier He's a, a, a master, first of all, in psychology because he understands, like, it's not something that everyone can make to make a game about a simulation without visual effects and um, uh, guns and loud sounds and, like, um, create a, a simulation of boring life in, where boring things happen, but make it so engaging that people like playing it. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of possibilities. Yeah. Well, uh, 
this has been a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm glad you came on, and uh, I want to do one thing. So just like the choruses, we have a challenge. So could you come up with a challenge for all the listeners to attempt after they listen to this podcast? It could be anything. You take your time to think about it, but uh, but yeah. Uh, a challenge on what? Um, whatever you would like. So it seems like you've done all game stuff so we could do programming challenge game design challenge you do a psychology challenge you can whatever you think of i think that the the challenge that i would say i would give is to make something trippy so working on something psychedelic uh Mm -hmm. and my suggestion is to really work with materials on game objects in unity you have no idea what like weird things can happen once you tweak the materials and the like um the, the basic thing of unity is that you have a game object and you have to color it with uh, textures materials and all that yeah. but what happens if you like break a texture break a material uh, i don't know that's something to work on i think so the challenge is work on something psychedelic <laughs> i love that <laughs> I like so, that. I kind of want to dive deeper for a second about what you mean by the going into the materials. So you mean like, like physically, like changing the normals and the textures you put in the game into different colors, and then. Uh, well, like what- uh, for example, uh, in my game, I'm working on the uh, first-person shooter part, and there will be like a mechanic that let lets you go on the the trip on the LSD trip while you are shooting, and uh, it is a power up. And uh, it makes your gun uh, strong, uh, like faster, and it makes you shoot faster, and uh, you have more bullets and, and all that. But at the same time, you, uh, I wanted the player to visually understand that a power-up was going on. So mm-hmm. I broke the material of the gun like in um, various parts, and then I assigned it to uh, sub-game uh, sub objects. So it feels like... Uh, the gun is breaking and the, the colors are changing. Uh, it's it's weird oh, to, okay. to to say, like, but mm, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's fun. So. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I think that'd be a great challenge to, because that's a little wacky challenge, which I like. Cause it's more of like, yeah, just experiment. Yeah, do exactly yeah. experiment and be creative and see what happens. You don't know, and that's where where the magic happens. So yeah, exactly. Awesome one, Fabio. So yeah, so thank you for coming on, Fabio. It's been so much fun. I'm happy to share your LSD game experience and and your journey. Uh, I can't believe it's only been a year, really, since you started like touching code because you yeah. said you never touched it before. So hey, it yeah. shows that you can go from zero to hero in less than a year, <laughs> and and then even in like dark times, you can find meaning out of it and and find you know ambition and. And, uh, purpose so yeah and uh so i just want to say thank you again and um i usually get the end hand the mic to the to you to end it off with any last minute shout outs quotes tips and i just want to say thank you again for coming out fabio and the mic's all yours well just just thank you for having me here it was great to me uh, talking with you uh, i really uh, agree with a lot of things that you said and it, it was really nice talking with someone so passionate about video games in general uh, I don't really have anything to say uh, other than this. Just maybe play my game. And uh, if you like it, you can become a play tester. I have a small Discord server where people come in and talk with me. They um, they give tips about the game. And uh, it's, it's pretty fun. So, I don't know. 
if you if anyone wants to join the discord server you find the link in the steam page of lsd so that's it well that's it thanks for listening you can find all courses at gamebit.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price get started with your game development journey today